Chinese solar. This. This. This is What's Up. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of What's Up. Hey, how's it going, everybody? So today we interviewed a, uh, the co-founder of Raptor Maps. Had a very interesting conversation about what Raptor Maps does. I'm not going to spoil anything right now, uh, so you're going to have to listen to the rest of the episode. Well, I mean, kind of spoiler alert, it was an awesome conversation. Yeah, um, yeah. If you're really into data, if you're into analytics, also, if you're into solar, you've gotten to the right place. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So uh, for those of you who are familiar with the solar industry at all, um, I think you'll find that the, the services and really like all the data that Raptor Maps, uh, you know, kind of dives into acts as a missing puzzle piece for um, a lot of the folks who work in the solar industry, specifically with like larger projects. I guess without further ado, let's uh, let's jump into the interview. Definitely. Thank you for having me. My name is Nikhil. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Raptor Maps. We were actually founded out of MIT, and our goal is to build software to enable the solar industry to scale. So, Nikhil, can you can you give me a little uh, insight on you know what gave you the idea to to really come up with this uh, you know the software in general and and yeah. So uh, when I met Eddie, my co-founder, we were both you know writing software for uh, different entities in the aerospace world, actually. So I was doing uh, thermal control system simulations for spacesuits for NASA, and he was actually doing some work both for SpaceX as well as the Navy. And as we were doing that, you know, we, we kept our eye on, on kind of big trends in, in aerospace and in software. And I had actually, a couple of years before that, had a grant from the Gates Foundation to build uh, and deploy uh, unmanned aerial vehicles or drones um, for emergency medical supply delivery. So I was, I was getting familiar with, with the revolutions in remote sensing. And, you know, what we realized was that there was a big opportunity to basically digitize assets that were geospatially distributed and then run machine learning on all of these new types of data in order to bring it all together in one platform. So there were a lot of enabling technologies. What got us into solar actually was, as you guys know and have experienced, the, the great thing for solar is that it's really come down the cost curve. Um, so, you know, solar is going to be 20% of the um, carbon offset solution for climate change. Mm -hmm. And what that effectively means is that, you know, you've got solar being deployed at a faster rate than ever before. And part of that driving force is the lower levelized cost of electricity. Uh, but that also means that the models are tighter, operations and maintenance budgets are tighter, everything you got to do, you got to do more with less. So where that really brings Raptor Maps into the, into the picture is that we saw a lot of O&M companies in particular, they were purchasing drones, um, you know, $20,000, $30,000 drones. They were getting credentials for their technicians and they were flying them over their solar farms in order to replace, you know, dull, dirty, dangerous manual testing that was required. And it looked really promising, but they didn't have any software infrastructure to do it at scale. And so that's really where, you know, they came to us and they said, hey, it looks like you guys are doing some pretty interesting work that could be relevant. You know, can you, can you help us scale? The more we looked into it, the more we said, yeah, this is exactly what we need to be doing. This is, this is our calling. Can you tell us about how Raptor Solar can help scale the solar industry? Yeah. So 
the solar industry, if you look at it historically, you know, is built by you know accountants and lawyers. <laughs> so, and, and that makes a lot of sense, right? When you've got you know high subsidies and smaller projects, but from a kind of scalability standpoint, documentation standpoint, optimization standpoint, that doesn't work anymore, right? Um, we're going to have six point four trillion dollars going into this industry over the coming decades, and so. Fundamentally, when we think about Raptor Maps and, and Raptor Solar, which is our software platform, we think about the data model and we think about you know, how do you actually build up a digital twin of not only an individual solar farm, commercial and industrial or utility scale, but you know, a, a portfolio and actually an interoperable system for the entire industry. Hmm. And so what Raptor Solar is and the way it works is that we create a digital model of an asset and then we're able to, in a very highly structured way, layer in things like inspection results, um, time series data, so the production or, um, or the weather data, for example, um, from on-site sensors. Uh, we can layer in equipment records like serial numbers and uh, that other sorts of documentation for supply chain ver verification and validation. And very importantly, these types of data, because they're in a structured data model, they're not in isolation. So by combining them, by querying them in a certain way, we can actually unlock value and automate things that enable, enable our customers, both owners, operators, and builders to optimize their their systems. Interesting. So, so you mentioned a pretty key set of words there uh, in relation to your, uh, you know, your software and what it does. You mentioned digital twin. Uh, I like that phrase. So, I'm gonna definitely gonna dumb this down here a little bit. Um, but so, by digital twin, are you you're essentially just, you know, like you just mentioned, you're taking all of the you know, information, you know, about the system and essentially copying and creating a digital version of that. Correct. Yeah, so let me give you an example. Um, if you have a, uh, an as-built drawing, so you know, for those of you not familiar, it might look like a 50-page PDF and electrical schematics and, and all of that. Now imagine instead you were, you were on Google Maps and you saw the PV system or the solar farm. And the more you zoomed in, you know, eventually you saw, okay, this is kind of an inverter block. And this is a, you know, this, these are the modules associated with a combiner and a string and so on. And you're able to click on a module and you knew everything about that module. You know, well, how did it test in the factory? What shipping container did it come in on? What pallet did it come in on? What was the moment that it was scanned in? You know, what was its condition last year, the next year, the next year? And, you know, which inverter does that roll up to? And what is the signal associated with that inverter? That is really, that's a digital twin. So that's what we think about. And that's very different than what we have today, um, you know, in the industry, which is the state of the art, which is kind of these static PDFs and institutional knowledge. And so Raptor Maps, a big part of what we do is take all of that unstructured data or data in, in various sources and really create a standardized digital twin for the entire industry so that we can really unlock value for our customers. Um, I just keep thinking about all of the as-builts that come across our way and then thinking about it being, you know, just a little bit more interactive would just make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, no, it's interesting. Like it's the entire icing <laughs> on the cake here. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like you can query your portfolio either programmatically or, or right? you know, through right? the interface and be like, hey, show me everywhere I've got first solar modules and you right, know, stuff right. like that. I mean, it's yeah. like with a lot of data management. So a lot of my time is spent obviously in our marketing and analytics and things. And, and a lot of it is, is how you present that information to make it, of course, you're, you're almost marketing the information over to somebody to make sure they can interpret it correctly. So having that interactive 
feature that really makes it jump off the page, you know, that that just is is phenomenally exciting. And that's like maybe this much, and I'm holding my fingers small for the people that can't see. <laughs> um, this like just a little bit of what it can do. So the software, from my understanding, has a barcode scanning feature. Can you talk us through the process and the benefits of having that feature? Absolutely. So one of the major thrusts in solar has been um, supply chain traceability and transparency, um, especially as more money earmarked for what's called ESG um, goes into solar. Um, that traceability is critical. People want to know that the, you know, where is their equipment? Was it ethically sourced? Um, if you're going to safe harbor it, you have to keep very careful track of where that equipment is and when it was installed and uh, everything about that. And so what we found is that, you know, you've got a couple really important moments in the solar life cycle where you can structure all of this data. And one of them is during the, um, during construction. And so what we've enabled um, is we, we looked and we said, you know, every, every module has a serial number. Um, and we know that these serial numbers have to be captured for a warranty claim um, or something like that. So how come that's not being captured all up front? How come that's not being scanned into a really rigorous data model? And the answer was, it's, it's always time and money, right? And when you're building a utility scale site, you might have a million plus modules. But you know, we've come a long way, both in terms of the digital twin, which enables you to go much faster, but also in terms of advances like, you know, smartphones and OCR and things like that. And so we said, what if you could kill two birds with one stone? What if you could, you know, create that documentation that's used to uh, automate that paperwork, you know, de-risk uh, de it for the owners, basically pull future OPEX into a smaller amount of CapEx today but also be able to do it at scale. So you can have 30 people, 100 people, you know, scanning in uh, everything simultaneously. And so smartphones were the solution. And so one of the things that we've launched um, and successfully used with, you know, some of the biggest IPPs and construction companies is a mobile application where anyone can download that and then scan a serial number into the digital twin. Mm -hmm. And then very importantly, not only is that information validated, but it's a living model, right? People think solar farms are like static <laughs> and they're actually pretty dynamic. And so you might have, you know, you might need to swap things out. You might have a weather event um, and put in an insurance uh, claim, things like that. Um, and so we also enable people to maintain that digital model so that as it's passing from party to party, they have the latest understanding of what that asset really looks like. Wow, that's that. So we spent a lot of time talking about, you know, the software side, um, and the barcode, you know, scanning barcodes and everything like that. Can you give us, because there's that's one half of your business, and then can you kind of give us uh, insights on maybe what essentially like the infield process looks like? So everything from obviously doing that initial drone flight to, you know, then quantifying that data and kind of diving into it. Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you who aren't familiar with drone flights or aerial inspections, the idea is that... Um, you know, when there are anomalies um, on a PV system, they will typically present as, as hotspots. Um, now, a hotspot in and of itself doesn't mean anything, right? That's not an actionable thing. But by using machine learning, by combining that data with the digital twin that we discussed, uh, by combining that with the high-resolution color imagery, you can actually get a sense of causation 
and what you need to do to go fix and, and basically maximize the IRR or the, you know, the internal rate of return of a particular PV project. Mm. And so aerial inspections are an incredibly important part of this, um, both, and there are lots of uses, right? The commissioning inspection, the annual preventative maintenance um, for mergers and acquisitions, warranty claims, insurance claims, and, and so on. And so what Raptor Maps has done is the technology, the hardware itself has come a really long way. And so we've published, you know, eBooks, videos. Um, we've literally co-authored with, you know, equipment manufacturers, both camera and drone to educate our customers and educate the industry on what are the best practices and how can they go do this, you know, themselves, or at least when they're contracting it, how do they make sure that they're getting the data at the quality that they need? Um, the other thing we've done was we actually published an ebook on um, helicopters and airplanes um, and or piloted aircraft. Um, and, you know, our goal is to help our customers understand, you know, what is the input data I need for a given output and how can I go either take that data myself or go contract that? So uh, it's an exciting time because this really validates the thesis, bringing it all the way back to the Raptor Maps founding story, which is there's going to be a lot of data coming in. How do you actually structure that data into a digital model and make something useful uh, from it? So, Right. So you service utility and commercial solar industry on a global scale. What are some types of companies as well as actual customers that are using this software? Yeah, so we have several different types of companies, um, you know, utilities uh, like IPPs. You know, we have operations and maintenance companies, EPCs, independent engineers, and even uh, smaller, more regional service providers, including drone service providers, particularly in, in other countries where they are, you know, they're connected with the, the local utilities. So specifically, some of our customers are you know, Cypress Creek, uh, Swinerton Renewable Energy, several others. I want to actually jump back to, to a phrase or a word you used earlier, so hotspots. So mm -hmm. um, can you actually dive a little bit deeper into what you mean by hotspot? Yeah, so we actually published a report at the beginning of the year, and we, we do this every single year where we will query the entire database and... Uh, give people an understanding of how many modules, what are all of the different finding categories, and then how many modules were affected and kind of how that affects production. Um, so when we talk about hotspots, we're talking about things like, you know, cell defects is generally a, a pretty important one. Um, and now, now uh, hotspots are, you know, uh, when I think of a hotspot, I think of a spot, they rarely ever present like that. So what I mean is that, you might have a diode defect and it's going to look like a warm spot that is covering a third of a module. So actually spots the wrong word, a, a warm skinny rectangle. Um, <laughs> and then by combining that with the um, color data or the high resolution color data, if there's no surface condition that might be resulting in that, you can be extremely confident that this is something that's happening inside the module. Hmm. Um, and, and where this gets really important is it's not just about the condition of, of being hot, it's about the magnitude and the pattern. So there are actually IEC standards. Um, for example, if you have a 40 degree temperature delta, you know, that's a safety consideration. If you have a, and this is Celsius, if you have a 20 degree temperature delta, uh, chances are that's a warrantable issue. 
one of the things that Digital Twin enables is for us to take in the uh, irradiance data and the weather data so that we can normalize the results to STC, which is what the factories need to see. And very importantly, that means that from one inspection to another to another, you can quantitatively tell what is the degradation of a particular module and whether or not it's, it's on track um, with respect to what you think it's going to be in, in you know, the financial model overall. I find that extremely interesting because working in, you know, working with residential, working with commercial, uh, you know, and industrial uh, clients, a lot of times, you know, when we talk about oh, manufacturers have 25 year performance warranties or product or labor warranties, sometimes those questions come where it's like, well, how do I know, you know, how do I know if my panel is degrading at a rate at which it should? Um, and a lot of times, you know, uh, modeling software that come with, you know, through inverter manufacturers, you know, they don't necessarily tell you, okay, your panel is degrading at X rate over time. So it's almost very difficult to actually quantify that and show to a manufacturer that, hey, I have a legitimate warranty claim here. So I just find it very interesting because this tool essentially, you know, once you've created that digital twin, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but once you've created that digital twin, you have all the barcodes scanned in and you find an error on, you know, with a few panels, you can basically find their serial number and then go to the manufacturer, have the owner go to the manufacturer and say, hey, I need a warranty claim on these. Um, yeah, yeah, that, so. that's exactly right. And what we found, um, you know, a lot of um, a lot of the solar industry, it's it's people's time and time spent, you know, gathering reports, you know, sending emails, trying to convince people of something. Yeah. And what we found is the analogy here. If you think about how an insurance claim used to be, hopefully for all you listeners, you, you haven't been an offender bender. But for, for those of you who have, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was a pretty manual, pretty painful process. Now you have things like apps where you, you know, you structure that day that you take photographs of your car, you automatically, you know, do it through your phone and, you know, you're going to get that claim um, reviewed and, and, you know, as long as it's a legitimate claim, it's, it's a, a painless process. Now you might be asking, you know, why would the solar industry do that, particularly the module manufacturers? And it's because it's the exact same thing. It's their time as well. And they are highly incentivized to have that data structured. And if it's a legitimate claim, they don't want to waste your time. They don't, uh, they don't want to waste their time. Um, and the new paradigm that we're seeing is that, you know, people are getting away from this concept of reports and, you know, PDFs and word files and emails. And instead, they're just authorizing users or authorizing their counterparties to come into this, this digital twin, and then they can get the summary data, the highest level data, you know, what you might send to, you know, a banker and owner, but then they can drill all the way down to the minutia and, and it's auditable and everything in between. And so that is really where we see kind of the entire solar industry going is getting away from these kind of one-off reports and kind of this this kludgy communication and really communicating effectively through a, a standardized data model. Hmm. Yeah, I mean the, the way the way I see the software and the way you're, you're describing it, honestly, it it seems like it's the missing puzzle piece in the entire warranty claim process. Where instead, you know, sending technicians out there to manually and then go, you know, like you said, write reports and submit that, you know, just automating this is is it really would save a business so much time. Um, and like I said, this is like a missing puzzle piece. On this, so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You can really see it as, as the catalyst of, as it gets distributed or, you know, as it continues to grow and gets distributed to that minutia, 
that enhances the product overall, the manufacturing changes or the scope of the work ends up changing because you're alleviating or you're seeing on a large scale, these are the issues that are going on. So we need to fix that. Otherwise, you know, you're spending all this on, on warranty claims when sometimes you don't have to. Yeah, you actually bring up a really, really good point, which is, you know, enabling um enabling people to do data science at scale. Um, so what people don't realize in a, is you know, one big trend that we're seeing in the solar industry is that people are starting to hire developers. They want software developers and they wanna be able to take that data and you know, perform the type of analysis that you're saying. So I'll give you a specific example. Um, you know, we know when we read in um, you know, the serial numbers, we have the documentation where we know the Pmax, the VOC, the ISC, and kind of all of the different testing parameters of a particular module um, at the factory. So if you fast forward, um, you know, manufacturers actually don't have a great sense of how things are performing at scale in the field over time. And if there is an issue, you know, because of the way the data is structured, we can actually link it back all the way to those initial testing conditions and say, hey, you know, could we have seen this coming or, or um, you know, what, what is going on here? Is there something, what is, what is the reason behind this? Is it where it was manufactured? Is it a certain batch? Is it, you know, certain parameters? Um, and they want that information just as much as anyone else because everyone wants to get better. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with, with that in mind too, have you, since, I mean, you guys have mentioned you've partnered with a lot of companies who are, you know, owning and operating these fields. Are you, you know, starting to work with solar manufacturers to say, hey, we've got all this data, you know, we can show you, you know, how your panels are actually performing versus, you know, the, the standard test conditions that you guys, you know, say that you're going to perform. Yeah. So Raptor Maps has worked both with directly with Bloomberg Tier 1 manufacturers as well as been um, effectively the, the arbiter between manufacturers and you know, those who are putting in warranty claims. A big part of our philosophy and our platform is being that trusted third party where we provide the auditable data, we normalize it, get rid of the confounding variables, and then we enable our customers to elevate the conversation to action plans as opposed to you know, whether or not something is, is a real phenomenon or not. So I almost feel like we're going to see in the future, maybe the UL logo, yeah, yeah. and then now it's going to be Raptor Maps just right on side of it. <laughs> yeah, we got to we got to print some more stickers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we let you go, where can people learn more about you or connect more with with uh, Raptor Maps? Yeah. So. Our website, raptormaps.com, is a great place to start. And you will also be able to find a link to our knowledge hub. So, you know, for those of you that are interested in, you know, what is the process for scanning serial numbers? How long does it take? Or, you know, I'm trying to do a commissioning inspection. Um, and, uh, you know, what, what are the parameters I need? What, what equipment do I need to buy? How do I operate it? Um, all of that can be found on our website. We also, um, we also have example scopes of work um, for customers. Oftentimes, you know, we'll, we'll be speaking with owners or developers that say, hey, I know I need to spec this in, but I want to do so in a way that is giving me the data that I want, um, but is also not burdensome to, you know, my EPC or my O&M. Um, how do I actually do that? And so we have some documentation on our website. Um, and of course, we're, we're always happy to talk to you. 
thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. No, it was a pleasure to be here. I think, you know, the solar industry is at a, we always feel like we're at a tipping point, but I think if you just look at what's going on uh, in terms of climate and the amount of dollars that are committed, um, you know, you're, you're going to see a lot more activity going on in the space and we all need to take a much more structured approach. Um, so it's uh, definitely blue skies ahead. To learn more about GRNE Solar and the WhatsApp podcast, please visit grnesolar.com slash WhatsApp or find us across social media at GRNE Solar or on Instagram at the WhatsApp podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Sustainable and Renewable Energy major at Illinois State University. It was the first interdisciplinary renewable energy program in the United States. The program teaches students how to address the social, economic, and technical sustainability issues that graduates are likely to encounter across a wide range of careers.